Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Tapping Into Crypto. My name's Ted, and I'm joined by the great man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Pav Hunter. I'm joined by the great man, Ted. What a compliment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what I'd throw back at you one week. I appreciate it. What's going on? Windies. How yep. good was that? West Indies got a uh, a big win against the Aussies. I was actually happy to see it. Like, oh, we've won too. too many things. That's the spirit of cricket back. Yeah, that was beautiful. What a yeah. spell. What a spell. I love how every Aussie supporter, too, is just like, oh, yeah. Love to sit for the game. I'm like, yeah, 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 still lost. Yes, cricket's back. <laughs> yeah. Do any of our listeners actually like cricket? It doesn't matter. Like, There's only five of them. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're listening, you're one of the five. Yeah, thanks, thanks for supporting us. We have a lot. We have a lot. Um, thanks, Mum. <laughs> but look, the uh, the markets are shaping up a little bit, well, a lot nicer than last week. Yeah, it was so, good. But you guys gave a few potential scenarios and looks like we got the one that we wanted to see. Yeah, absolutely. And from what uh, you're telling me, it's shaping up to be a, a good couple of weeks. Mm, maybe. So let's get into it. What are you What are you seeing from a technical point of view? Uh, so I think technical and fundamental is a few things lining up. Just to talk through what we were saying last week, we had lost uh, this pretty significant sort of uptrend that we were in pretty convincingly uh, and looked like it was all falling apart. It was all over. Pretty notable about down here. Everyone on Twitter is like, all right. 35k 20k incoming everyone kind of got very bearish very quickly and then we just saw a massive bounce huge bounce so whether or not this is just a temporary relief rally or we're actually going to start to see some grinding and some new highs heading above the current year-to-date high which is about just over 49k usd uh we don't know probably that'll honestly walk it through week by week but for me the biggest thing is that we got over and made a new local high uh just today so this kind of tells me that's a bullish market structure break. So I would be saying there's a higher chance of going up than down from here, but it's when we get up to this sort of 45, 46K region, that's when we end up in a bit of a trouble area again. And we just don't know what might happen on Bitcoin next. I think it comes down to a few things. I think the whole sort of ETF narrative, like if we're starting to see more inflows there be net positive, which I know we're going to touch on later. I think that's a big deal. You know, there's a lot happening just on a macro landscape, liquidity, interest rates, all that stuff. Anything that's a surprise there might send us higher too. So we're going to touch on that too shortly. But I guess what I'm paying most attention to is like in the best case scenario, if Bitcoin can just stay where it is and not lose any significant ground, but just also just meander and go sideways um, for a little bit. It'll probably set up a fair bit of buyer confidence and just to recall a chart that we spoke about probably ongoing for the last few months, uh, well, I'd say a few months, a few weeks, total three. So this is looking at the total market cap of all the altcoins. So we're taking out the market cap of Bitcoin, Ethereum. Mm-hmm. If this is going up, it basically indicates either new money or old money is rotating into altcoins. So, correct. So that's when you start to see like your alt seasons, if you want to call it that. So we talked about the significance of this break above a previous bear market high that occurred just into the back end of last year. And, you know, this week or yesterday specifically, we saw this level get saved. So we didn't get under this. So technically speaking, that's what we perceive, I'd perceive as support. And now we're looking to see this one hopefully start to track higher. So I know we're going to look at the top movers list. It's absolutely a sea of green. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like the best way of probably tracking that, in my opinion. Uh, And there's some potential magnets or key levels above total market cap at the moment. So if Bitcoin behaves and doesn't do anything, doesn't go any higher, there's a good chance that this starts to explode, starts to expand, and we start to see those ridiculous gains on altcoins, very similar from October to January. So that's sort of same impulse move we might see again. So it's a big if, but, and maybe, but, you know, if you're So are you saying prior to the halving? Could be. 
Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, like, whether or not this just goes up and then comes back down before then going up, mm-hmm. and that's around the hardening, we don't yeah. know. And that, that's where you're just sort of viewing the market as a long-term investor. You're seeing something like this, and it's just another reason for you to DCA. Yeah. If you're more of a swing trader, you're saying maybe to yourself that, look, I'm getting in now, and I have the, the plan to get out, depending on if this starts to show weakness or if Bitcoin starts to look a bit yucky. That's another way to view it too. So it just comes down to seeing what might happen. But if we're talking about like a general, which way the tide's moving, it looks like everything's sort of moving to the upside, potentially in favor of altcoins more so than Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin's down 20% since we saw those ETFs approved mm. um, and the market's gone a bit quiet, it just seems like. The fear and greed index is sitting at 61. So it's kind of neutral last week. And these, like when it's at extreme greed, these are typically not great areas to no, get into. You, you get concerned. Exactly. But yeah, when it's lower that's kind of the area historically speaking that you want to get into but yeah like you said we're going to touch on some of the inflows and outflows of the etfs because it's come down 20 percent since the etfs were approved and micro strategy stock is down 20 percent in the last month so everyone's kind of not panicking but you know the sentiment's a bit negative at the moment and for good reason like i think we spoke about it last week uh it was made apparent that ftx the whole estate was selling their gbtcs long story short if you listen to last week's episode we talk about why that was trading at a premium so a lot of people just overnight were up 10 percent on their holdings so it made sense for them to just start selling and we've seen on flow reports that it's mainly being grayscale that's been just completely selling every single session. Yeah. But all the other ones are generally net positive. Yeah, I've got a tweet that kind of shows that despite all those outflows, from, particularly from the Grayscale ETF, yep. like overall there's a net positive inflow. Yep. So hopefully, yeah, like now that all those, I mean, I guess you could say outflows have stopped and FTX have sold. Well, um, I think it's everyone. So FTX was allegedly $1 billion to date last week. Yeah. And then the rest of the sales were up to the worth of $2 billion, I think. Yeah. So this definitely- FTX have, have sold out of all their- Correct. Uh, well, allegedly. Yeah. yeah. So allegedly. that means probably the, the max pain is of this little period. And mm. hopefully we see a little uptick from here. So yeah, overall, we've seen uh, $721 million in inflows, net inflows mm. since those ETFs went live. And another interesting one, if you go to the next tweet, uh, so Bitcoin ETFs have surpassed the market cap of all silver ETFs in two weeks of trading. That's big. That's crazy. So yeah, silver ETFs is pretty self-explanatory. It's basically getting exposure to silver and you know the commodity silver. It's a faster um, moving commodity. It's usually a bit more volatile than gold. Gold, the gold yeah. Gold, yeah, can move and not move, but yeah, silver definitely. Yeah, so yeah. in two weeks, Bitcoin's overtaken silver on the ETF scale. So yeah. I guess the, the next one is the gold value, whether that will be overtaken anytime soon. Damn. I think it's still imagine? got a while to go, but yeah. yeah. That'd be huge. Yeah, if we're talking about what else to look out for this week, we have some pretty big uh, economic headwinds uh, or tailwinds. We'll see what happens. So Britain and US on Thursday, early morning and late night, will announce their latest take on their interest rates. So interest rates do govern usually if our markets being risk on are going to, uh, I guess, see some love or people are going to go risk off. So if interest rates are supposedly going to go up in the near future or not going to go up, that might be digested pretty poorly. We might see a negative reaction. But if everything stays the same, I would be saying that what's expected, which is no change, will be likely priced into the market. So if we get to Thursday, the news releases, there's no surprises. There's a good chance that, you know, if we're bullish and running higher now, that trend could continue just because that is out of the way um, from a sentiment perspective. But now we'll look at, I guess, what's been moving this week. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the sea of green, sea and of that green. is quite apparent. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at the crypto bubbles here. If you're listening on the podcast, we've got a video as well on YouTube. 
So the biggest bubbles that we're seeing this week, Sui, Manta, TAO, HNT, so Helium. CFX is there. Yeah, lava. CFX, Conflux. So we'll dive into a few of those. I think Sui's up the most or the second most. So that's yep. up 50% in the last seven days. It just seems to be the hottest layer one narrative at the moment, right? Yeah. Say had its time in the sun, so did Celestia, but now Sui's kind of the one there, like the new shiny altcoins. Definitely. Like infrastructure play. Yeah, we've talked about shiny coins. So shiny coins being ones that have listed in recent days. In recent times, sorry, yeah. um, you know, hasn't reached price discovery yet, like say has, but it's not very far away. It's probably going to hit it overnight. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're definitely seeing across the board, people are still loving infrastructure. Yeah. Well, the market's finding strength in infrastructure. So layer ones specifically, but I can see some layer twos creeping up in the background there too. Yeah. Well, Sui's one of the ones that I picked um, did. on my watch list when we did, did the prediction Ted, episode. Yeah, you so. give it to you, Ted. Yeah. Because ever since you said it, you know, I've, I've been edging in. It's yeah. Been I pumped the markets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's basically because, yeah, it's, it's a new coin. So it's got that shiny new Could coin be. narrative to it. And then um, it's also got a, like a really strong team behind it. So all Facebook or former Facebook employees. So you can just imagine like what kind of a network that they have, especially sure. in the yep. Web2 world. They've done some collaborations with Google. Like they've got a Google compatible wallet. You told it's me that. It's really good. Yeah. You just, yeah. Um, if anyone's ever used a Web3 wallet, it's all about seed phrases. But this one's more like signing into any platform using your Gmail or your Apple Mail. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's very UI friendly yep. i found just for an onboarding perspective yep. um, so i think little things like that yep will mean big things and they've got some new dApps as well like decentralized exchanges and things like that going on yep. so there's a bit happening on the sui network yeah so. and just to dive into that if you are looking at what's the opportunity even like sui's running there's assets within that ecosystem that are worth looking at you know nft platforms yep. decentralized trading exchanges liquid staking protocols yep. so like i'll throw one out there navi protocol don't have any exposure but i just was doing some research on the weekend that's like their liquid staking equivalent of Lido DAO. Yeah. So if you think of Lido DAO on the Ethereum network, you can start to sort of say, well, there's a an ecosystem like Sui that's layer one, it needs things around it to survive. What are those? It's usually decentralized exchanges, NFT mm -hmm. platforms. So you can kind of do your research and see if any of those have any good fundamentals and see if that's worth investing in. But um, yeah, to put it simply, yeah. Sui is like Ethereum, just a lot smaller yes. and newer. So basically you can have- Sorry, that's probably important. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, just to break it down, just so you can have decentralized applications, so games, NFT platforms, yeah. decentralized exchange, trading platforms yeah so kind of provides that base layer for that ecosystem what else we got we got conflux in there i know you mentioned there's a bit of a china narrative yeah it's playing just out. been in the i guess on socials and in the news a little bit that the general uh i guess rhetoric from their money makers policy makers is that they want to inject capital into their economy uh yeah. just to potentially try and stimulate it so i know that's been an ongoing theme for the last couple of years across the us and stuff like that but the, the china specifically find themselves at a point where if they don't do something they're stock market could continue to have further declines. It's already yeah. down 50% uh, in the last two years. So uh, not to say anything that they do on a federal level that is impacting crypto, it's just more consumer confidence. Money is cheaper to come by, so they're more likely to put it into higher risk assets. And so, the idea yeah. is that because Conflux is a Chinese-based project, like yep. the Chinese public, once they have a bit more of a cash injection from yep. the government and the economy, they're going to look to those Chinese projects. So there's Filecoin, there's VeChain, like these are all Chinese-based. Yeah, MDT, projects. I think measurable data token, if you do your research on that one, it's like data and analytics for like retail consumer patterns in China. So yeah. like there's things like that. I mean, they're all very speculative coins, but yeah, I think something I'll be looking into is like what did well last time there was this narrative um, in 2023 and just be tracking those. But yeah, CFX was a big performer last time. 
Yeah. And the last one, I think it, this is not the most, Manta is up 52% this week. So this is a new coin. This is a modular blockchain. So this is kind of this new type of blockchain that we're seeing a lot of, particularly with Celestia's launch. So Celestia was kind of like the first big player on the block and now Manta's come as well. So it's basically just alternative or new innovative tech. And it's like an answer to some of the slower layer ones. Mm -hmm. The modular blockchain is just a way for it to scale a bit more effectively. Yeah. yeah. So definitely something that's been running hot. So just a new one to enter the enter the competitor space yep then you got tower i don't know too much about tower tao no i don't either yeah, yeah. might have to go away and look at that one but that's good so this is how you build a watch list you know when we have a great week like we have just pick five or six here that you're seeing performing quite well and just track how they continue to perform it's um it's a good way to mm. keep your head in the markets yep good stuff cool so I've come across a, an interesting research report from Binance Research that I wanted to kind of dive into. Yeah. It's a long piece, so like you know, we're going to save you the time of going through it all and kind of just highlight some of the key themes that they're seeing. So they've highlighted some key themes for 2024. Uh, I wanted to go through them and discuss them with you. A lot of them we've discussed on the potty as well. So maybe, listening. maybe they were listening and, yeah. and got some ideas. Yeah, I but think the Investify boys, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's dive in. So the first one they're seeing is the Bitcoin narrative to stay at the forefront of the industry. So what they're talking about there is anything regarding Bitcoin, whether it be, you know, the ETFs or the halving, the Bitcoin scaling solutions such as Stacks, like that's got, got a lot of traction recently. Ordinals and BRC20 tokens, so building on top of Bitcoin. So they're basically just calling out that Bitcoin's going to remain at the forefront yeah, nice. of the market. Mm, love to hear that. Yeah. So, cool. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked about it. Like, we think, yeah, DeFi and Bitcoin is probably something that's the next thing to come. Yeah. And yeah, like, we've seen Stacks, Layer 2 and Bitcoin perform yeah. really well, and it's on the top movers again. There'll be a bunch of other, like... Yeah. Bitcoin scaling solutions, Bitcoin DeFi projects yeah. that are probably not, you know, in the top 100 yet, but are on the come up. And so they're mm -hmm. worth having a look at if you want to get on some low cap gems. Yep, absolutely. The next one is ownership economy applications will gain further traction. So the emergence of DPIN and DSOC. So decentralized physical infrastructure. I think I've heard of DSOC. What's DSOC? Decentralized social media. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so like your um, friend.tech. Friend.tech, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so friend.tech kind of blew up network. last yeah. year on, yeah. yeah, the Coinbase Layer 2 network. Yeah. And so we're predicting that we're going to see more of that because that was more of just like, a oh, let's get an account and mm. see how it goes, not really using it day in, day out. So they're expecting that to grow. Okay. Um, and then deep in decentralized physical infrastructure. We uh, talked one of our favorites. Last week. Yeah. yeah. I think that's becoming hotter and hotter in terms of like narratives and, and you know, research reports and covering this thing. It's understandable. The average person can understand. Like it's deep in sounds foreign, but when you say to someone, oh, you know, we talk about helium quite a bit. It's like yeah. creating a mobile phone plan solution that everyone can benefit from. But yeah on a blockchain-based project. I think the yeah. advantage that these D-PIN projects have is they can't easily be copied True. or hard-forked. Bitcoin blockchain was hard-forked to create Dogecoin. Didn't mm. require that much work. Whereas D-PIN, we talk about a product like HiveMapper. They have their own physical hardware required to you know, map the roads. You're like, you can't just create that overnight and copy it, right? So I guess they've got their own little competitive moat. Uh, I reckon someone would find a way if they had to. Push yeah, yeah, they could, they yeah. could. But they build the a bit time. of a brand and a presence, right? It, yeah, it requires yeah. a lot yeah. of capital. Like the barriers to entry are very high. I'm talking Definitely. Because it's more than just digital delivery. It's physical and 
Yeah, yeah. logistical yeah. delivery. Yeah. Because, like, I think creating your own blockchain, creating your own, like, oh, decentralized easy. application is so easy. You can yep. do it in 20 minutes. Do it on something. Fiverr. Yeah, exactly. Just pay someone to do it yeah, for you. Exactly. Yep. Whereas this, you definitely can't. Yeah, it definitely is a more polished, finished product. Yeah, so deep in projects, we're looking at Helium, Filecoin, Hive Mapper, that sort of thing. Yep. Render as well. Render. Yep. yep. Okay, uh, another one that we've talked about recently, artificial intelligence, AI, and the integration of crypto. So I actually really like this report because it kind of mapped out yeah, how well, they see like that kind of synergizing because we've always said like, yeah, two great buzzwords, AI and crypto, but like, how is that going to work? Like, yeah. it sounds great, but how's it going to work? Um, so they've kind of highlighted that the combination of AI and decentralized cloud storage could be the first real synergy between the two technologies. Okay because AI requires a lot of data, yeah. right? And the main sources of these data are typically those huge Web2 companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook. They're not always you know, super keen on sharing that data. So if they can go for more of a decentralized approach to getting data for their AI projects, mm. that might be the way to go. So okay. what decentralized storage projects you know of? Uh, Arweave, Storage, Filecoin. No, Filecoin's yeah. layer one now. I don't know if it's... Exactly that anymore. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's the ones that come to mind. I know there'd be a lot more and a lot more potentially new ones as well. Yeah, I think are we uh, partnered with Meta or Facebook last year? Yeah, they've got their own. Oh, they're building some pretty cool things that I haven't done enough research into, to be honest. But it seems like they're building hard, this bear market. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was really positive to hear in terms of like actually finding a use case for the two in in combination. Yep, I'm sure there will be more that pop up, but that watching, seems like the most obvious first one. I think we'll be watching this one pretty close because yep. we feel like everyone can understand that AI is coming outside of blockchain. We'll, we'll get through these last yeah. ones pretty quickly. Sorry. So real world assets will grow. So RWAs to benefit from the tailwinds of elevated interest rates. Oh yeah. Interesting. And then also on top of that, so decentralized identity, oracles, and interoperability solutions are also expected to gain momentum. So decentralized identity, basically proving your ID online. Yep. Which like, I think was a good use case. Yeah, exactly. Like imagine we, we can all fake, you know, yeah. identity and that, ha like identity theft happens all the time. Yeah. Imagine, you know, every year we hear about someone like Optus or whoever else had a major breach and they, your driver's license is now available to someone overseas. Yeah. What if instead of even having to give your license, you just simply showed a certificate that you hold that proves that you've already proved that it's a legit license. Yeah. So I know Polygon have their own decentralized identity little feature going called Polygon ID. Nice. I don't know if it's fully you know, operatable, okay. but want to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another prediction or another theme is institutional adoption will accelerate. I think that's pretty... As interest rates drop, I reckon money gets cheaper. Yeah, I mean, we've already that. seen that, right? Even yeah. with the ETFs, like that's just a clear indication of institutional adoption. Sure. Security will remain paramount. I think this is hugely important. Like mm. we, we've always talked about how security and especially cyber theft um, when it comes to crypto is a huge issue mm -hmm. in the industry and something that needs to be resolved. So I'm glad that that's going to be a key focus or a key theme of the next year that Binance are identifying because mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely paramount. DeFi Llama uh, released data that found $1 billion was lost to DeFi exploits in 2023. Mm. So that's just DeFi. Yep. It would have been a lot more in other terms of crypto scams and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last one is accessibility and inclusivity will gain importance. I really like this one. Yeah, this one's a massive one. Yeah. Do you yep. want to explain like kind of what that means? Well, I just think right now everyone perceives blockchain as this 
it's hard to get to. And even when we use it, we're just like, what's going on here? Like, it's it's really hard to interact with. So I know Vitalik's sort of got the similar vision as well. Like, I'm not saying we came to the same conclusion, but I like his take on it. His take is that uh, a lot of blockchain applications that we see, we interact with, it'll just be like using your mobile phone. So you go to an yeah. app store, yeah. download an app, you'll be able to like move your money around, organize purchasing, like anything that you want. And you're doing this all on like a Web3 platform. So like... The what, same way you'd go on Amazon right now yeah. on a Web2 platform to purchase it using your credit card. Mm-hmm. They'll just be the next, I guess, version of that. Uh, yeah. Where, where everything's just a bit more seamless, a little bit more modular and it just works. Yeah. Right now it doesn't just work. The majority of users right now, particularly in the retail sort of market, are interacting with crypto through centralized exchanges like SwiftX, right? Correct. Which do have that seamless user experience and things like that. But it's when you get into interacting with decentralized applications, trading on DEXs, things like that, it's, it gets really clunky and you have to have your own wallet yep. attached and that's when like scams can pop up as well. Yep. So yeah, I 100% agree. This needs to improve, especially if we're going to onboard a yeah. billion more users in the world like over the next couple yeah. of years. Like they're going to be intimidated by interacting with these things. And so, yeah. That's the thing, like you install one of these web wallets or even wallets on your phone. Seldom do you see like a support thing where you can ask a question saying, hey, yeah. I'm having trouble with this, blah, blah, yeah, blah. It's yeah. usually like a trial by fire, go work it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's good. I think it's a good report. I'm glad that we had a few ideas similar. Yeah. Maybe we're on the right track. I think we are. I think we are. I think if you were to pick one out of that, what would you pick? Deep in. Deep in. Yeah, I knew yeah. you would. Yeah. I'm just because gonna... it makes the most sense for me that people can understand what that is to want to potentially invest in it. Just for the sake of it, I'm going to have a different opinion and go I'm going to go with the Bitcoin narrative. Yeah, actually. Especially really like around like Bitcoin layer 2s and scaling solutions yeah. and DeFi. I love that one too because I just know DeFi was a huge one for everyone to actually see what blockchain could be useful. I know it's what sort of sucked me in back when yeah. I started, like seeing the whole Ethereum ecosystem come to life with smart contracts. I was like, oh, this is what smart contracts are for. Like just Before that was just a buzzword. And so I think it would bring a lot of people probably a lot of new innovations a lot of better use cases potentially uh, it's really cool i yep. love it cool uh well let's dive into some news headlines so this week got a couple of headlines so firstly what do you got for us pav yeah hong kong uh they're joining the spot bitcoin party i mean hong kong's always been a long-term advocate for crypto they've got some pretty solid rules and clarity around how to actually invest in blockchain products already so they're already ahead of the curve but essentially it's harvest hong kong so one of the largest fund managers there have submitted a bitcoin etf application 26 of jan so they're speculating that this one may be a bit faster to get to the approval stage so they're pegging february 10th to be a date uh on the calendar that they might have an answer on this one but again for me it's just another avenue for those that you know under the current rules that they have there maybe it's still you know not possible for a lot of institutions um a lot of companies to have on their books etc so you know enabling it to be accessible through stock exchanges i think it just helps the adoption story and absolutely you, you know you showed that flow report of like in the US, we saw positive and, you know, European flows, we saw negative. We're now just going to have another country to add to that list. Yep. Uh, that's some significant capital being deployed yep. that we talked about too. So I think that's just another uh, little notch in the hat. So that's pretty cool for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another news headline we got here is Google is set to update its policy. I think it's happening today to allow yeah. to allow uh, certain crypto products to be advertised on its search engine. So, Pretty much ETFs. Yeah, yeah, its wording is advertisers offering cryptocurrency coin trust targeting at the United States. So it's yep. just in the US. It's basically BlackRock and Fidelity and all the ETF providers yep. being able to advertise. So still not your crypto exchanges like Coinbase or even SwiftX are allowed to advertise on 
Google or even YouTube, which is where we want it. I mean, from a business perspective, where we want it to be, mm. but they're still pretty tight in terms of their policies around that. But it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, like, good, good baby steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, lastly, I wanted to um, throw out a bit of a hot take here. Please. Got the Bitcoin halving coming up and, you know, historically have seen some sort of big sell-off. So, I guess what I wanted to throw out today is like we've got some, you know, things like the China ETF, like they're talking about China deploying lots and lots of capital, trying to keep their own markets afloat. Got, you know, US potentially talking about interest rate cuts in the next couple of months. Yep. Uh, what have we got? Just the Bitcoin ETF. Like what if all that selling pressure dies off and we just see positive net flows for a couple of weeks? A lot more retail getting into the space. You know, we talk about Google Ads now enabling just to be targeted towards, you know, the everyday person. So it just becomes more in the the day-to-day of everyone. You know, what if we just see the adoption curve start to just go pre-halving and we don't really see a correction? Because I think everyone right now, you look at crypto Twitter, Mm. everyone's like, sell the news, sell the news, sell the news. So I kind of want to throw out the idea of like, what if we do get the opposite? Well, you're a big advocate of doing the opposite of what the mainstream is doing. So yeah. That's just my hot take. Look, I don't think everything can be as straightforward as people say it is. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, this is going to happen now and this is going to happen then. And then after the halving year, we're going to see a bull market. I don't think, like, if everything went the way that we thought it was going to go, yep. like, everyone would be making billions out of crypto, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you could be maybe onto something. Do you want to watch? Yeah, like I'm more taking the long-term approach where like I'm just dollar cost averaging in. I'm not looking to sell. But if you are doing more leverage trading or short-term trading, going to make some short-term gains, then yeah, like potentially that's a, a way to look at the market right now. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's just um, seems like a very unique spot that, you know, we find ourselves with crypto, especially after, you know, we saw interest rates go from 1% even here to like 6.5%. Like money yeah. is just means such a different thing now than what it used to mean. Any easing surely has got to pump a bit of confidence in the consumer yeah i think cool well uh let's wrap it up there but pav we've got some exciting episodes on the horizon with some good guests coming up we so do, we, we, got, we got investified next week and then we've got some some mystery guests some uh some pretty big plays in the game so yeah look at us go yeah we won't uh we won't spoil it for you yet you'll have to wait and see but i'm excited yeah me too all right thanks guys cheers Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 